Hey everybody, it's Pastor Brian, and this is a special episode of the Engaging Culture Podcast. On this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Steve Carter. Steve spoke at Bridgeway recently. He is the former lead teaching pastor at Willow Creek Community Church. He is the co-host of the Relevant Sports Podcast. Uh, He is an incredible communicator and a really, really nice guy. What I enjoyed about Steve is that he, like me, is a huge sports nerd. So he and I had a great conversation about faith and sports and how does our faith Uh, influence the way that we engage with sports as a fan, as a coach, as parents. We know that sports are a big deal in our culture, and we want to think through even being sports fans through the lens of faith. So this was a really fun conversation. So if you are a sports fan, or maybe you're married to one, or you know one, we hope this will be a helpful conversation for you. Enjoy. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Engaging Culture Podcast. We recently were privileged to have Steve Carter join us to teach at a weekend here at Bridgeway, and he was kind enough to take a few minutes to uh, to chat with me. So, Steve, first of all, thanks for being at Bridgeway, and thanks for the time to, to do the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Brian. It was so fun to be here. Yeah, cool. Well, really uh, have enjoyed having you here, and uh, I've just learned learned some about you kind of in preparation for you being here, and one thing I learned about you is that you are a huge sports nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I must confess that is that is a hundred percent accurate. You well, know, well, so. as a fellow sports nerd, I appreciate that about you very much. So, uh, what I so what we're going to talk about today, uh, Steve and I, is we're just going to talk about as two guys who love sports, love to to play sports. Our fan, our big fans of sports. We're just to talk about how does our faith affect the way that we engage with uh, sports in a variety of different ways? Because I think this is a. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I think this is a live issue in. Culture. Sports aren't going away. Yeah. They're a big deal. Totally. Uh, and as in anything that gets our attention, I think it's worthwhile just talking through, okay, how does our faith yep. affect the way we engage with this sort of, this stuff? I love it. This yeah. is this is yeah. this is like these are the kinds of conversations I want to have every night <laughs> with my wife. And she's like, sports. She's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, stop talking. I don't care about Kawhi Get Leonard. <laughs> friends. Get friends. So oh, it's so funny. good to do this. That's awesome. Good. Well, cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's just get into just a few kind of uh, introductory things here. So uh, when did following sports first become a big part of your life? And then what is it about sports that keeps, keeps capturing your attention today? Yeah, my first earliest memory was... Um, with sports was my dad. Uh, I was adopted. My dad was from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And, you know, living on the Pacific Coast time, you know, ESPN would do the Big Ten game. And so he was a Michigan Wolverine fan. He went to USC for film school, but loved Michigan. And so 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings in the fall, I was sitting on his lap watching Michigan. And my first game I ever went to was the Rose Bowl when Michigan played Arizona State, Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback. And my dad would just say the entire game, I was screaming to get Jim Harbaugh's attention. And so, (laughs) you know, it's, that was my first. And then I started playing soccer and I started playing basketball and um, that just ESPN. I mean, fab five. I mean, it it just, we were, we grew up Jordan. We grew up in the heyday of sports became something. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a conversation starter. It was a language. And, um, you know, I just think being a a child of the eighties and nineties, those were some of the best sporting years ever. Oh yeah. Couldn't agree more. I have memories and this is ironic because I'm, I don't even really consider myself much of a baseball fan today, but I was a huge baseball fan when I was a kid and growing up, going out to get the newspaper and with my little, you know, Cheerios or whatever opening. I mean, I don't even know what's the point of all the rest yeah. of the sections. I'm just there for the sports page and open it up to look at the box score to find out a, did the A's win B did Mark McGuire or Jose Canseco hit a home run? <laughs> like that's just all I wanted to know. That's and right. I learned like, this is like, like some of my earliest yep. reading yep. Jolly, Jolly. is learning to read a box yeah. score. And one of the right? best things my parents did was <clears throat> I didn't like to read, yeah. but they, they found those little biographies on like Isaiah Thomas oh, or yeah. Charles Barkley. And I, so I just, <laughs> I mean, I could tell you facts and stats Um, but that's what created this joy of reading and history, um, with a bent towards sports. Sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, and now what about today? Like, okay, it's one thing for us to tell stories about when we're kids. Now we're like grownups with responsibilities and careers and whatnot. And yet we still pay attention to these, to these games. What is it about sports that continues to, to capture your attention today? I mean, there's, there's so much, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's culture. It shapes culture. Um, you know, you you watch 
LeBron as a as a high school student get on the cover of Sports Illustrated, yeah. and you you almost watch them grow up, and <laughs> yeah. you 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 see them fail, yeah. and you watch you know Steph Curry or Clay Thompson get injured and KD get injured. I mean, this yeah. the NBA free agency changed. Yeah. It wasn't that way when we were kids, but it changed, right. and and so you you're just watching this all the while. Every person that you come in contact with has some parent or family member who has some affinity with some team has some story for why they can't stand a rival <laughs> for the, and and just to draw that out it's yeah. beautiful i mean i, I bet brian you've yeah. probably got hundreds of stories of yeah. people that you met that somehow when they start talking about the Oakland A's or the Sacramento Kings, there's yep. a memory. Yep. There's a memory. There's a joy of walking into Arco Arena when it was all sold out yep. and you wanted to see white chocolate play. You know, you just <laughs> you, you just had this moment. It's just, yep. it's real. Yeah. So. No, it, it absolutely is. And the, the feeling of so much of that, I mean, even hearing you talk about it, it's like, you know, Arco Arena, I mean, it, I guess it still exists, but they don't play basketball there anymore. Right, you right. know, it's like the glory days of the Kings have, you know, sadly been gone for a very long time. And even, even you know, remembering back even before then, and it's like you talk about the roar of the crowd and everything else, and it's like I can picture it in my mind's yeah. eye. And, and I'll tell you one thing I, I love about it today is that, to me, part of what makes sports so fun is that anytime – I show up to the arena anytime I tune into a game, whatever the case may be, whatever the sport, whatever the level, if I, you know, go to, there's a high school that I can, I can hear it from my house. Like if I go to one of their high school games, there's a chance I might see something I've never seen before. Wow. And to me, yep. that is just like, yep. you know, is tonight the night that a guy makes 10, three point shots in yep. a row is yep. tonight the night where I see some crazy last second play, yep. you know, is that is tonight the night that I have that I experience something that I'm still going to be telling stories about it years from now. And most of the time, no, it, yep. it doesn't happen. But just to know, man, like, again, you could see something you've never seen before. To me, yep. that's just incredibly compelling. Yeah, I, I, that's a really great point. You know, last season I was at opening night um, for where the Bears played the Packers wow. and at Lambeau. So, you know, it's kind of like the Mecca for Green oh, yeah. Bay. And you know what you do when you walk into Lambeau is you saw people either in Bears clothes or you saw people in kind of the cheese head, their favorite like Packer, Far, Rogers jersey. Yep. You know what you don't see? You don't see people in neutral colors, <laughs> right? Nobody's you, wearing like red. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But what a, what an amazing picture of like how I think the scriptures tell us to live too. You know what I mean? Like uh, like don't be neutral. Like <laughs> be for something, right? Yeah. And 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 I mean, I'm telling you, man, like there is just so many metaphors when I look at at sports yeah. where you just see like Oh, that, that could be a teaching that, yeah. that, that is a real life practical example. I mean, yeah. um, film doesn't lie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's just so many, like yeah. well, for you, Brian, yeah. what, what, yeah. what's your favorite, favorite sports memory of all time? Favorite sports memory of all time. I mean, I, yeah, so many, I've been so fortunate to, to attend a lot of great events and I'm sure you probably have as well. I'd have to say number one. So I was living in San Diego in, uh, the year was two, so 2007. Okay. I'm watching the U.S. Open golf tournament, and uh, find I hear, "Hey, U.S. Open is going to be in Torrey Pines next year." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's going to be in Torrey Pines!" Like, and I'm looking at the calendar, and I'm like, "Wow!" Like Sunday of the U.S. Open, that's Father's Day. I'm like, yeah. "Okay, this needs to happen." <laughs> so I like send in. You had to apply to yep. get tickets and yep. all that. I remember, and I put. Anyway, details don't matter, but I put the address to have them write me back was the church address, not the, not the, uh, not my home address at the time. And I remember freaking our receptionist out <laughs> because one day I come in, I get, I see, I have a letter from the USGA and it says like, congratulations, you've been selected to get two tickets to the, you know, us open oh. on Sunday. And I like screamed. I was so excited. And long story short. So I call my dad, I'm able to invite him to say, Hey dad, we're going to go to the us open on father's day, Tory pines. And on Sunday, which if you're not a golf person, Sunday is the final round, the final like round. that's the best. And that ended up being the year that target that Tiger yep. hit a putt on 18 to force a playoff. Force a playoff. Long story short, we wind up 
figuring out a way to get two tickets to Monday. Oh. <laughs> we go on Monday and it was just, and if you had told me then that Tiger wasn't going to win another major for 10 years, right. I would have said you're insane. Totally. But to have that, ex- now golf is a very difficult sport to watch live, yeah. but to have that experience with my dad, US Open, a tournament that people are still talking about today. Yes. Unreal. Nothing, you- nothing, nothing like Sundays when Tiger was in contention. Oh, it, it, I mean, there's, it's just like it's musty TV. Yeah. Love him or hate him, yeah. it's incredibly incredible. Incredible. Yeah. How about you? That's a great question. I would probably say when Michigan won the national championship in 1998 in the Rose Bowl when they beat Ryan Leaf in the Washington oh, State. I, I just, I mean, it was just awesome. I Were mean, you there? I was the there building? at the wow. Rose Bowl. So it was just, I mean, a huge Michigan fan. There, there's been a number of games or like, no, I saw a no-hitter, Ramon wow. Martinez. Right? There's just different events. Game five of the World Series when the Cubs came back. I was there at Wrigley, wow. which was amazing. So there's there's been a moments, yeah. um, but I think for me as a huge Michigan fan, that was pretty special. I mean, to see your team win a title yeah. as a sports fan, what it's could be fantastic? Better? What fantastic. Could be that's that's awesome. Now you host a sports podcast, relevant yes. sports podcast. Uh, I, to my shame, somehow have not listened to it. I don't know how <laughs> that's even possible. But uh, how did that come about? And then what has that experience been like? Yeah. So. Um, you know, Relevant is just an amazing magazine. They've got a great, great podcast. Yeah. And probably a few years ago, a few of us just started talking and dreaming. Like, there is this intersection of faith and sports and culture. And, you know, there are th- topics that I couldn't always feel um, that I thought were appropriate for a Sunday morning sermon, sure. you know. and But there were topics that people wanted to engage with. Yeah. There there were conversations that I thought we could have. And so um, one of my good friends is Sam Acho. He used to play for the Chicago Bears. Like just a just an amazing, amazing Christ follower. And then Jesse Carey, who's um, one of the editors at Relevant, uh-huh. we just said, hey, what if we did this? And we just started doing interviews and um, we, we kind of do what we call a pick six. And it was just, you know, your, your top six conversations that we'd want to have. And we... We were trying to figure out that convergence yeah. of faith, sports, and culture. And it, it was it's it was just how lively, especially when you have an athlete, and then you've got, you know, two kind of rec league guys, you know, <laughs> yeah. it just just our take. That and dynamic. Then, yeah. And like, then, yeah, let me tell you how it really is. Yeah, exactly. In the locker room, <laughs> we'll tell you what's really going on. And so yeah. it just it it had a really fun dynamic um that i felt like we were doing something a little unique yeah that's very cool yeah i think that is unique i don't think there are a lot of podcasts exploring that the intersection of all those things but you're absolutely right i mean it's i mean you talked earlier about sports is culture and it affects culture and it's like it's it's so much more than just the game so then to to kind of you know to explore the faith angle of that that's that's pretty interesting so so sort of our big question that we're wanting to to talk about in, in in this time here is just i think for for the sports fan out there, or maybe for the person who's married to a sports fan who's annoyed that they're, you know, like our wives who are annoyed that are, you know, <laughs> that they're married to sports to sports fans. Um, I was just talking to, through this question of how does our faith affect the way that we engage with sports as a fan? Because it's a big, I mean, it's 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 a big deal, and I think if we don't yeah. ask that question. Uh, in a variety of areas of life, if we don't ask the question, we risk things kind of getting out of balance. So, so I just want to pose the question to you: What are some ways that your faith affects the way that you engage with sports as a fan, or even as a coach, parent, whatever? Yeah. Well, so I think first off, you know, I'm I'm probably hands down one of the most competitive people on the planet. So <laughs> I, you know, I I love to compete. I love to um, challenge myself. I mean, I was yeah. an athlete, um, and then you have this moment where. You, know, you wake up trying to beat your rival. You try to beat your rival high school. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden you start reading the Gospels, and it's like, <laughs> help a brother out. Yeah. <laughs> Love your neighbor. You're like, no, man. Oh, wait a second. Exactly. You know. And so, so I think it, it's it really starts to get at what's the motivation? Yeah. What's the drive? Yeah. Case in point, uh, you know, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and last year the game ended. On the infamous uh, double doink. Yep. But what was really, really tricky about this game was Cody Parkey went to University of Auburn, field goal kicker. Uh, you know, Brian, I could tell you he was at every Bible study yeah. during the year. I yeah. could tell you that he, he's one of the most pure, genuine, good hearted yeah. people. Yeah. And I could tell you that that kick was tipped. Yeah. And I also could tell you I love Chicago sports fans and to watch. As that 
double doink happened and the city who knew Super Bowl was possible yeah just turned on this kid yeah and he and he pointed a finger to the sky yeah he faced the media and people said terrible things about him and he had this line that was so powerful to me he just said um I'm not defined by being a football player I'm yeah. defined by um, having my identity found in Christ. Yep. That is really, really easy to say when you made the kick. Yep. It's really, really difficult to say when you just, and I don't even want to say you failed. Right. I mean, people would say you had one job, make the field goal, but it got tipped. Right. You, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't fail. It, it, it got tipped. Yeah. But to say that and to look yeah. the media head on and say that, and, and oftentimes people say sports teaches character. Yeah. No, no, no. It exposes character. Yep. It exposes as parents in outside of Denver are getting into a fight yeah. at a t-ball game. Yep. It exposes. Yeah. It exposes where you're off. It 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 exposes because film doesn't lie. Yeah. And I think that there's something really, really beautiful about the faith journey. Yeah. That s- the same thing is true. Yeah. And so I think that there's this. Um, it's this amazing metaphor for the faith journey. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I don't know, I just, I, I resonate deeply with it. Yeah, how, cool. how do you see it for yeah. yourself? Well, no, I mean, I think just to that, that the whole Cody Parkey story, I remember sort of, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not a bears fan. I, I'm a football fan and I watched it and I thought to myself, boy, what a, what a horrible way for your season to end. But I noticed when he pointed to the sky and I saw that he faced the music afterwards and I saw his, his reaction in the face of such just incredible vitriol and venom and I thought, number one, okay, that like, there's a witness in that that is yeah. profound. Yep. Number two, just that there is. I mean, if your life is that, if your life is your job, regardless of what it is, whether you're an accountant or a lawyer or a place kicker, and you fail, it's like the weight that that is to carry is just unbelievable. Yep. And for him to be able to witness to something greater is 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 phenomenal. Yep. But, um, but no, I always I wrestle so much with with sports because on the one hand, um. They're really fun. <laughs> they are. And I love watching games. I love going to games. I love reading about what's going on. I love keeping up with all the rumors, all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, but I also know they don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. They really don't. Uh, that at the end of the day, whether or not the Kings ever win an NBA championship will not affect my life at all. Yeah. But I also know this, that part of the fun... <laughs> is pretending that they matter a lot. <laughs> right? Yeah. And but I think sort of keeping that balance of like, you know what? Um yeah, we're going to go to a lot of like my family, like we go to quite a few Kings games. I'll yeah. take my boys and you know whatever else uh and we're going to go and we're going to spend the money and we've got the gear and we're going to cheer loud and we're going to have a good time and we're going to react to everything yeah. positively and negatively. But at the end of the day, we know like this is just it's entertainment. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's something that we can do. It's a way for me to bond with my kid. It's uh, an experience for us to have together. But the idea that like I'm going to literally live and die with everything or that, oh, I'm going to be in a ma- bad mood for a week because my team lost. It's like, okay, just trying to keep that balance yeah. to me is important. Yeah. Well, and I think I think the only pushback I would have is I think that sports – um, actually really do mean something. And okay. so so I, I'd say when you talk to Chicago police uh-huh. and they tell you that crime goes down when the Cubs or the Bears or the Bulls or the Blackhawks are doing yeah. well, and especially in a city like Chicago where I was living, yeah. You want you realize you want okay, your team to win. Well, I guess that's, you know what I mean. I guess that's, that's to say it's like that it has implications it has, beyond sports. It has for implica- sure. Yeah, and it and yeah. it has a, the power to unite. Yeah, that's what sports do. Yeah. It has the power to unite. It has the power to create connection, where you're all of a sudden at a Cubs game. I don't know the person yep. who's sitting beside me or in front of me, but we're high fiving yep. because KB <laughs> just hit a home run. You know, so you 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 have this moment where oh my goodness, yep. there's something that bonds us. Yep. And there's a connection. So there's yep. unity for the city. There's yep. there's potential for conversation, and it can go too far. Totally. So so it, it, you're you're totally right. And I found myself like Sam Acho when he was playing with the Bears. He would go on these police ride-alongs, uh-huh. and he, he said, the one day he was getting out of the police off the car after doing this ride-along, and the cop said, "Hey, every game you guys win makes my job so much easier." Man, and that's I just crazy. And and it just was like, man, like. 
I, I, I want that. I want them to be successful for the sake of the city, you know? So, so again, it's, do I get fired up when Ohio state beats Michigan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, do I like it? No. No. Do I, (laughs) is bragging rights a fantastic, (laughs) uh, waste of energy? Totally. totally, but it feels <laughs> so good. It is, you know. Yeah. So it's it's all no, of it. I'm, and and I'm with you. I want the Kings to beat the Lakers every time. I want UCLA yeah. to beat USC every time. You know, and I want them to beat them a hundred to nothing. I don't care what the sport is. You know, like, and I think yeah. that that's yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. It's not, that's so crazy to me. And I've heard stats like that about like yeah. crime going down. Like I've heard in London that there is an increase in domestic violence calls when England gets eliminated from the World Cup. Yeah, it's like. That's just crazy that we have gotten that into our sports that those who are on the edge of, you know, committing violent acts or committing crimes or whatever, that like whether or not the Bears win is going to influence that. Like, man, it is. That is why. And I think, again, it it exposes what's underneath the surface. And that's that's, you know, so Super Bowl is one of the highest sex trafficking days in the U.S. Um, That's horrific um like you said the domestic violence or the duis horrific and there's also um lower shootings yeah you know when they win so it 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 really but it's a what's the thing beneath the thing you know and so for instance like steve kerr he once said that the two most competitive people he ever was around was jordan and steph and interesting he said but they're yeah he said but their motivation is different he said jordan got all of his energy from anger huh. and Steph Curry got all of his energy from joy. Interesting. And then wow, amazing. So like cool. the, again, the thing beneath the thing Yeah. for many of us, you, you see it. We're just so tightly wound. Yep. And so then all of a sudden, like our, our quarterback messes up or our point guard turns yep. it over, you know, and there's something that that says something about us. Yeah. And other times it's like, no, it's, I want our team to win. Man, how great is it that we I get to actually yeah. root for a team that does fairly well yeah. every year and we just live in a generation of Tom Brady <laughs> and Nick Saban. I can't stand. You yeah. know what I mean? So <laughs> right. so so it's it's just it's just it's interesting. Battle so. for battle for second place right, sometimes. Right. It, uh, it it feels like No, it is interesting. I agree. And I and I think just to um to keep those things in perspective yeah. is important. But and, and the funny thing though too is like like I said, pretending that they matter. And I think Setting aside the actual real world implications, which we've discussed and are yeah. very, very real, um, to me, like if I had to explain this to my sister, who's like the fourth child with three older brothers and like I think is like rebelling against our competitiveness by being totally disinterested in sports, which is fine. But I've had to explain to her because like she'll see us reacting to things, whether we're playing sports together or we're watching. And she's like, it's not that big of a deal. And I have to tell her, like, yes, you're right. It's not. But part of the fun, again, is yeah. getting into it. Like, does it matter if the Kings win or lose tonight? No, it doesn't. Was I screaming my head off when Bogdan Bogdanovich made a three to beat the Lakers at the buzzer? Did I wake up my children? I sure did. Did that matter for my life? Not really. But man, is it fun. <laughs> and, Chilly. you know, that's yeah. Yeah. It's part of the deal. Uh, so you kind of touched on this a minute ago, but I want to get into it. Uh, what are some ways that your interest in sports has enriched other areas of your life? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it's, um, it's, it's been one from learning. So I, I, you know, when I'm in a leadership kind of crisis, I don't know what to do. I typically bring it back to a basketball court because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm a point guard. I want to, I want to see if this, if this like leadership hairball was having to be played out on a basketball court, how would I handle it? I just, so for me, it's, I feel familiar in that. Secondly, it's, it's connection. It's, I can talk with anybody, doesn't matter where they're from, what team they root for. Somehow I know that I can strike up a conversation with a Georgia fan, a Notre Dame fan, and just create potential for connection. And maybe God uses that for an opportunity. And then, and then I think it's, it's learning. Um, There is, there is so much to be learned with sports. Now, Again, there's what not to do. Sure. Um, you know, w- w- where we go to extremes. Yeah. But I think also when you're talking about perspective, motivation, training, developing, yep. discipling, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. Like, for instance, um, you know, a couple, a couple of friends of mine, that they're in the league and they're given a playbook. 
they their whole life demands on how well they know those plays. Yeah. Well, you sit here and you go, what if what if the the majority of the people who sat in our churches <laughs> yeah. knew their playbook? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like knew the scriptures. Yeah. The way that's you know, a Bears player or a Vikings player, you know, knew their playbook. Yeah. And I just, so again, I, I, I just see that there are these lessons that are transferable yeah. um, that challenge me, that push yeah. me, that help me. Um, what about for you? Yeah, How, no, that's I, good. What does it look like for well, you? Well, there's tons of, I mean, even, even, I mean, Paul uses athletic metaphors yes. in scripture all the time, yes. you know, and there's a reason for that. And there's, I mean, you talk about trying to address leadership problems through the lens of a kind of a sports analogy. I mean, yeah, yeah. like that's just, I mean, Yep. I'm sure it is for you as well. It's second language for me. Totally. It's like, that's just, that is the, the way that I translate the problems of life yep. into what am I going to do? So, uh, you know, my basketball is my favorite sport as a fan. And then I coach basketball and soccer. So I either awesome. put things through a basketball or a soccer yep. lens. And then it's like, okay, that just gives me some language I can use. And I just have to be careful when I'm talking to non-sports people. They're like, really? really? Another stupid sports analogy. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but to me, connection is, is the huge one. And, and I think that, um, Everyone's got to kind of have their thing, right? And there are plenty of things that I'm not interested in. Like Marvel, not interested. Harry yeah. Potter, not interested. Lord of the Rings, couldn't care less. Uh, movies in general, not really a big movie yeah. guy, you know, like, but sports are my thing. And I look at, particularly with my kids, it is such a powerful bonding agent with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's my oldest son, especially, but really both of my boys, um, I mean, it is just something we bond over. It's something we're able to enjoy. It's something we discuss together. When we go to the arena, we're not having battles about homework. We're not fighting about bedtime. We're just talking about who are you excited to see today? And I get like, I get nostalgic. We were just, the Kings had summer league a few days ago and I took both my boys and I have these vivid memories of with my own dad yeah. being the one who's like, my feet are going all quick to try to keep up with him as we're walking in. And then I look at my kids doing the same thing for yeah. me and I'm like, dang, yep. you know? Yep. And I think about what a great bonding agent they were for me with my dad way back then. And then what they are for my boys now I try to help people understand that. That I was like, yeah, are we rooting for a victory? Do we want the team to win? Yeah, of course. But like, it's so much more than that. Totally. Like, and even when like Sacramento, we came within, you know, barely, we barely didn't lose the Kings. Like yeah. it looked like they were gone. Yeah, totally. And when it's, when they decided to stay, I just kept telling people, this is so much bigger than sports. Yep. This is families. This is yep. a community. This is something to bond over. And I think that you're right too about it being a, a bonding agent or a way to create conversation. You and I just met today. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> right? totally, totally. And we were able to talk about NBA free agency. Yep. Uh, I moved into a new neighborhood a year ago, and I know both of my neighbors on either side. I know their favorite football teams. We're able to converse about them. I look up what the 49ers are up to. I also look up what the Broncos and Giants are up to. So I have something to talk about yes. with my neighbors. So it creates sort of relational infrastructure yep. that can then be used to talk about more significant things. Well, and and I think I think what you're teaching your kids, one is you're you're teaching them how to build relationships, yep. but you're also teaching them healthy escapes. Yeah, because we are going to choose to escape. Yep, and we see a plethora of opportunities to yeah. escape. Would I rather have my son when he gets fast forward fifteen years, twenty years, having a healthy escape? with his future son and daughter at a game yep. or some other escape. Right. And so, so again, you, you have to model that. I think sports is that great tool. I love the university of Michigan cause I sat in my dad's lap and we watched that. Yep. And I love the university of Michigan because when my dad got cancer in Grand Rapids, they sent him to the university of Michigan yeah. and, 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 and they gave him a bone marrow transplant. Yeah. And so people yeah. ask me like, why are you so crazy about university? Cause that school, created opportunities for me to connect with my dad and yeah. by prayer and those doctors wisdom added a dozen more years to his life. Yeah. And, and I'm forever thankful to that school yeah. for that. So when you're cheering on the team, part of it is you're just rooting for your favorite team totally. to, win a, to win a game. Yeah. But part of there's a, some, there's a layer that's way deeper than it's that. It's way, and it always is. And I, I feel yeah, like even as you started talking, you, 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 you painted such a beautiful picture, the feet trying to keep up with dad yeah. walking into arena. And yeah. now you fast forward and you're looking back and your boys are trying to keep up with you. That uh, is yeah. every, every sports fan in it, when you get to big market cities and you yeah. see women wearing their favorite player and you hear that and they go same thing. 
same thing, connecting with dad and mom around the Steelers connecting, you know, they just have that and it's beautiful. Yep. Yep. And, and, and it's going to be different for different people. I just listed all these things I'm not interested in for some people. They're going to bond over those things. They're at Comic-Con. They're there. Fantastic. Like, I think that's like, I have zero interest in attending, but for those that are into it, I think it's phenomenal. And it's, and that's really the beauty of these escapes. Like you're talking about, cause you're right. We all are going to have them. And if we can have them be healthy and having be, have them be escapes that uh, are building relationships as opposed to breaking them down, that can be a really positive thing. I want to talk just for a minute though, how it, it can go too far. Yeah, obviously, yeah. in a lot of different ways. What are some maybe some signs that sports fandom have gone too far other than that we're creating problems for the Chicago PD yeah. or things like that? <laughs> no, that's, that's good. I, you know, I think you've got you've to be able to recognize. And I, again, I, I often think about, you know, a healthy framework makes my life work. And a great yeah. framework is built on the tax, right? So yeah. just a kind of understanding of, hey, my job is as a Christ follower, is, is to carry the name well. Yep. So the name I'm carrying is, is Christ. Yeah. Not Michigan. Yep. Even though I love Michigan. Yeah. It's not going to save me in the long run. It, it, so, so when I start to kind of begin to feel, and we all, I mean, every athlete understands this, every, every fan, when I start to care too much and it tips into that kid is a mess up yeah like when like you, you just like that kid messed everything up. that and you're like that kid's 19 yeah <laughs> and he's living in a dorm room and he's not being paid yep like maybe you should get off twitter right <laughs> Man, you know it's like a crazy idea it's like when you when you start to realize that i'm not carrying the name well yeah or i'm getting too worked up from the, it just might mean to take a step back this is this is entertainment yeah this is um pleasure and sure it's it's i love when michigan wins i can't stand when they lose to ohio state and it doesn't change right my life. But you take it to that level, like you said, of of saying awful things about athletes online, which happens constantly. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like what like what are we doing? Right. Like us sitting at home with all this courage that comes from sitting behind a computer screen or yeah. sitting with our smartphone. Yep. There's a reason we're not on the field. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. And and I and I think that sure that there are moments where you hope that a play goes the in your favor. But you know what? Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And sometimes, even if they do instant replay, it yeah. doesn't doesn't work. Like sometimes, sometimes it just isn't fair. Yeah. You know, like sometimes people cheat. Right. So all of this is like life examples. Yeah. All of this is just how, and and I'll use an example from Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer had this statement that he stole from some other like leadership guru, but he he preached it and it was genius. It was E plus R equals O. And it was events plus response equals outcome. And he mm. would say, you can't control the event and you really can't control the outcome. You only can control your response. Yeah, that's and good. so how you respond will dictate yeah. what the outcome potentially could be. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Right. And so um, there are times where your event... It's not going to go in your favor. Yep. A storm's going to come. A medical report's going to come. How will you respond? Right. How, how will you choose to respond? What will your faith in Christ be? And that's that's where I start to see a lot of people are. It's E plus R equals O, and it's events plus reaction. Mm, yeah. They're reacting out of anger, out of bitterness, out of fear, out of shame, and what kind of outcome are they creating? Yeah. And so I just keep thinking, what's my response as a Christ follower? What's right. my response as a model, as a representative of a f- like a Michigan fan? Right. Well, like, how do I do that well? Yeah. Um, and sometimes I, I do want to antagonize. Yeah. You know, sometimes <laughs> I do want to talk yes. trash. You yes. know, but we're all, we're but it, how to do that in a wise way, in yeah. a fun way, in yeah. a in a woo like winsome way? Right. So. Well, and that that equation obviously has, I mean, as applicable and, and you sort of alluded to this yeah. in, in areas of life that matter a heck of a lot more. Right. Right. And exactly. I think that's a really powerful idea of, okay, at the end of the day, like, cause I think we live like we can control the events yeah. 
And we sort of minimize the effect that our response has on all, all of this yeah. when really our response is a big deal. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. I think another element to sports, to being a sports fan that's important is, is A, sort of, and you alluded to this, kind of not being a jerk just in general. <laughs> but, but also there's the question of time because, A, we have unprecedented access to games. Yep. You know, when you and I were kids, we got five TV channels. Right. Uh, NFL games were probably still on. I remember looking at the Kings calendar when I was a kid, and I'd be excited when they had an East Coast road trip because, A, those games were always on TV, and, yep. B, they were early enough that I could watch them before my bedtime. Yep. Like, home games are never on TV. Like you, And to watch an out-of-market game, it's like, forget it. Maybe, like, the Sunday game of the week right. or whatever. Now, I mean, you can have it all. Buy the package. Yeah, buy yeah. the package. You Any game you want is available. So there's the issue of time, and... And I think for for people like you and me that are really into sports and for any of our listeners who are, is just having to be careful with that to know yeah. that you can give your life to this stuff if yeah. you're not careful. Yeah. And and a couple of things I've told my wife is like, number one, I really like sports, so I pay to have a DVR, which is not an expensive not an expensive investment at all, but I pay for a cable package that allows us to have a DVR. What does that mean? I can record any game I want at any time. It also means I do not need to be bound to the TV to miss a moment of a game. Mm-hmm. So literally at any time, I can be pulled away for any reason, and I just press pause, right. and I'll watch it later. So I've had to make sure my wife understands this because she grew up in a big sports household and where it was a big deal and all that other stuff. I've had to tell her, listen, it's just a game, and I can press pause. Yep. So don't ever feel like, oh, I can't go intrude on because he's watching some stupid game. I'm like, yep. no, I can press pause at any time. And then the second thing that I try to tell myself and just remind myself is the issue of there's always a game. So the big can't miss game, well, guess what? There's going to be another one in three days in a different sport, and we'll be freaking out about that one then. So if I miss one, yep. it's not the end of the world. Now, are they, if the Kings are in a game seven, do I want to, is that like high on my list of games I don't want to miss? Yeah, I don't want to miss that. You know, we were on vacation and we almost missed game six of the NBA finals. Long story, doesn't matter. Uh, we ended up getting to watch it, but it's like, ultimately my wife and I sort of looked at each other and we're like, well, you know, bummer. It's always a game. We're not going to try to move heaven and earth to find a TV to watch this game. So I think that that's important. And then also is, you know, you've got kids, I've got kids and that can be something we involve them in as we've discussed, but it's also important for them to recognize like, okay, dad's attention is not first going to the game. Yep. Yep. And we live in a day and age. And that was harder for like our parents' generation where it's like, if you want to watch it, you watch it right now. Right. And right. or like put in your like VCR tape. Yeah. Uh but we have the freedom to be able to say, okay, we can control how much time we're giving to this and we can control what time we're giving. Yep. And I think too many people like I don't know. It's fun to watch things live, but like there's freedom there to be able to make adjustments. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think a couple of things. One, I resonate so deeply with that. M- you know, my my dad missed two sporting events in my whole life. Wow, two, and and I remember because yeah. it was Michigan versus Florida State, one and two, and Michigan versus Notre Dame, one and two. Wow, um, and he talked to me about it, and I was like, I would miss my game to watch this with you. <laughs> so like, it, it's totally fine. Um, but. You know, he went to so many sporting events of yeah. mine because his dad never was at his. Yeah. And he loved me the way that he wished he would have been loved. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I think that's an interesting piece. The second thing is, you know, one thing that we're, we're, we're all very different, but what makes us similar is we both have only 168 hours in a week. Yep. Now, how we choose to spend those 168 hours, we have to have the honest conversation between God um, between our spouses, Andy Stanley language is like, what is ideal for you? You know, um, the amount of bachelors who are married, who are like, mm. I'm going to watch whatever I want to watch. Yeah. Probably not the best marriage or fatherhood move. No. But when you, when you can, when you can have those honest conversations, one of the greatest things is sometimes my wife will just be like, there's a big game on, right? And I'm like, <laughs> kind of. And she's just like, do you want to watch it? And then I feel like I'm trapped, right? You know, like I'm just like, uh, it's like, I can't. Uh, how do I look in this? You know, like I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And 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 she's like, hey, you should you should watch that. Yeah. Okay. You know, and um, and she'll sit and she, like, she'll be on her phone and you know we'll talk or you know, um, I don't do that every night sure. of the week, you know. But there are there are moments where I'll have to get out ahead and say, hey. 
the last Saturday in November is a really big day. Yep. Um, would you would you mind us at twelve o'clock watching Michigan Ohio State? Yeah. And I gotta I I have to plan that. I can't just surprise her with yeah. that. And so so part of that. But then I think too one of the things even for my son doesn't love sports the way that I do. Uh huh. So I've had to almost step back from sports because I want to create connection with my son. Yeah. So at the end of the day, what's long lasting? Yeah. Is my relationship. Yep. You know, that's what I'm going to take with me to the grave. Yep. And so, so I think it's, it's again, the key word, and you used it, perspective. Yep. Perspective, perspective, kingdom perspective, relationship perspective, proper perspective. And so um, that, that helps me view time in a way that, again, a healthy escape doesn't turn into an unhealthy escape. Totally. Yeah, man, that's so good. Okay, we're just about ready to kind of wrap this up here, but I have two 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 other things I want to talk about, both of which we could probably say a lot about, but we'll keep it uh, keep it tight here. But uh, what are just briefly, we've, I feel like we've talked about a lot of different things here. Maybe just some principles that we haven't touched on already, or even if there's one you want to reinforce, that you would say to a to a Christ follower who's a sports fan is just kind of saying, hey, I want to make sure I'm keeping things in line here. What what advice would you give or principles from your own life would you maybe share? I mean, it's it's the same thing that I think about when I go and do a restaurant or I stand through a long TSA line yeah. is um, what witness, what yep. kind of witness are you? Yep. You, you bear witness to something, right? And yep. so the worst thing is I don't want someone to be like, man, that guy – that guy's always oh, a pastor. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, and I watch this. I watch this like the most dangerous place is rec league basketball <laughs> because I watch all of these former athletes who have $400 worth of stuff on them yeah. and they are like reliving their glory days. And I'm just like, it ain't that important. Yeah. It ain't that important. Now, do I want to win? Of course. Yeah. But do I want to win at the expense of getting into a fight? No. And, and do I want to win at the expense of putting my witness um, and hindering that? No. So you just have to know yourself and what drives you. And you have to be really, really honest with, I know what will trigger me to maybe lose my witness yep. or lose myself or lose my center. For yep. some people, it's too much alcohol. For yep. some people, it's, you know... Um, too many fouls that weren't called by a high school referee (laughs) making less than minimum wage. You know what I mean? Like, so all of that, or it might be something that your kid isn't taking it as serious as you and you're a fan and you're a parent and you're finding your identity in how well your nine-year-old does on a soccer field. Calm down. Yeah. Calm down. You know what I mean? So you've got to know that. And with those struggles, bring other people into it. Right. It, again, it's it is again it's a teachable lesson to walk your faith journey well. Um, so that that's the yeah. stuff. How well do you know yourself and what triggers you and trips you up, and how well are you at bringing others in? Yeah, man, that's so good. I I feel like uh, you, you talk about the the youth sports world, which can be crazy in a thousand different ways, and it's I mean I, my kids are young; they're eight and six, you know, yeah. but but still, it feels like just been at it for a while, you know, and I've always coached all their teams. I've never watched a practice or a game, always coached all of them. And it's so interesting to me, A, I mean, just the intensity of some of these moments and it can get a little, you know, crazy sometimes. And I'm like, I am really like tough on my parents in terms of like, Hey, we are not going to be a sideline that's yelling at referees. We're not going to be, you know, Mm -hmm. your kid is going to get pushed down and they're not going to, it's not going to get called. And if that's going to be something you can't handle, I need you to, whatever you need to do to not yell out in that moment, I need you to do it. Here's the thing. This last basketball season, I caught myself, you know, yapping at referees a little bit because, you know, we set up our office in a certain way and, other teams not following the rules or offense doesn't work, you know? And I, it took me watching another coach, like really actually like argue, argue just to have it be like this reset in my yeah. mind of like, what are you doing? Totally. Totally. Like, and it's almost like you watch other people who really mess it up and you just, you have to kind of give yourself that speech of like, okay, even if you're right, <laughs> that's what you look like. Yep. And is that worth your witness? Is that yeah. worth the example you're trying to set yep. for the kids? Is that worth like, no. Yeah. 
And then I think you're right about bringing other people into it. I mean, that's a conversation I've had with other coaches before. Like, we're all coaching the same team. Hey, okay, little accountability here. We're not talking to the referee today. We're 100% positive all the time. Yeah, we're going to coach the kids and and yell in a coaching sense, but we're I mean, I don't. Have you, have you seen the guy who who follows Sean McVay around to make sure he doesn't oh. get on the field? Like <laughs> we awesome. all we all yeah. need that guy. We, we all, all need, need that, that guy. guy who's like, just whoa, like, hey, whoa, back it up, step, step back. back. You almost got ran over by the referee. Hey, step down. Yeah. Like you, you. We all need that kind of friend who's yeah. going to say like, you are putting yourself in harm. You're putting yeah. your witness in harm. Yeah. The other thing too is, uh, is what do you encourage? Yep. See the, the the part with youth sports that I think is fascinating. Like I, so I coached. Um, Two soccer teams, the Orange Monkey Fireballs, which was nice. so fun, uh, <laughs> and then my daughter's team. And and one thing I would do is I give a note card to every parent. And I put a different soccer kid's number, not their own. Oh, and I cool. said, hey, I want you to like affirm, affirm the kid whose number I gave you. And then at, after every game, I would read the card. You know what? So it, they'd write it. Write they would write the it card. during the game. You know what? It was the most terrible idea because you know how we affirm? We affirm for performance. And I realized I had to teach parents how to actually see the Imago Dei in a child huh. and call that out. Wow. And, and it's like how, how we affirm um, people around beauty and looks. They're more than beauty and looks. Yeah. You know? And so I started to say, hey, I don't want you to just say that was an awesome goal or that was an amazing, like, no, no, no. I want you to see what character did you see? Yeah. And by the end of the year, I was watching these parents say, hey, number nine, your hustle and push for the ball that that was so inspiring to me or hey the way that you encouraged your teammate that was so helpful for me and yeah. and all of a sudden you know what was amazing is watching these kids go that's me wow and you were naming the ways that God wired someone wow. so i think it's how what do we encourage yeah we encourage performance yep performance i want to encourage character the development yep. of of young people to see um, that the that the game is fun. What breaks my heart is when I get around a twelve year twelve year old, and because of parent stress yep. or because of bad coach, they don't want to play. It's not fun anymore. It's not yeah. fun anymore. Yeah. And I go, man, like I wish I could have a moment with that kid and just say, what did you like to do? Yep. You know, and 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 help them rekindle that flame or that yep. love. And again, the same thing's true of what I love to do when I get around someone who doesn't know God. I, right. I or or almost post church, same thing. Help them rekindle. No, no, no. This. Let me tell you who Jesus is. This let me is tell you God. About. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, man, that's. A, I am totally stealing that index card <laughs> idea. That is awesome. It's I love unbelievable, that. and you will be amazed. You'll be amazed at how many parents you're like, "Hey, that was good." Try to see. Yeah. Not the success. Yeah. Try to see what makes that kid special, huh. unique, like something you would say. I learned from a nine-year-old today. Wow. You know, it, man, it, that's so, so good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Last thing. Uh, now you, for those that were here at Bridgeway this weekend, you shared actually a little bit about this in, in the teaching, which, which was phenomenal. But uh, how has your interest in sports been beneficial to you in your life as a pastor or just your life as a, as a Christ follower? And then how can sports be used as potentially a witnessing tool? Yep. So, um, I mean, I think the, the, the easy one is, is, you know, God's opened doors for me, um, with athletes, with coaches, um, you know, with just some incredible people, um, uh, just to either be an encouragement, to pray for, to text, to um, shoot off a Bible verse, to have conversations. Um, so that, that that's been amazing. And then from the fan side, um, to just for me, it's it's the best connection point. It it's the e- most natural. I mean. Someone in a business world would say that's just part of Carter's brand. Yeah. It's just he can talk sports, <laughs> yeah. you know. And and I think it doesn't matter, um, woman who likes the Steelers. I'm gonna make fun of them, you know. Like <laughs> I, you know, and and they'll give it back, and yep. it's so fun. And you just got you've got to know how to keep it winsome. You got to know yep. how to how to how to kind of just be keep it playful. Yep. But when it's when it's like guys or, or just people in groups um, during college football season or March Madness or during the postseason, man, something special where that goes um, becomes an opportunity to, I don't know, really strike up a conversation. Yeah. I'll give you one example. Um, is um, I have the privilege to interview Simone Biles, uh, wow. and she she's amazing. Yeah. And we, we were 
we were um, at the church I was at and I said, Hey, would you mind going by the junior high room just to encourage them? Yeah. And she's like, sure. She's like, but I got to catch a flight. She was going to go to the dances with stars. <laughs> and so all of a sudden she gets on stage. She only had like five minutes. She was just going to wave. And all of a sudden there was this, this girl in the front row and her name's Jess and Jess had a bag of medals and she has down syndrome. Wow. And Jess was screaming at the top of her lungs, Simone, <laughs> I got medals too. And wow. I thought Simone was just going to bail yeah, because she had to catch a flight. True. And what I watched was Simone just get off stage and go sit with her. And I think she missed her flight and she sat with this girl and she looked at every medal and, and I just, I just saw Jesus. Wow. Hey, it's about the kids. Yeah. I, I saw this connection and, and again, it was just this, this, how often do I miss people? for some thing I have to do. Gosh, Just again, it's man. a prop, but sports connected a seventh grader with Down syndrome with one of the greatest athletes in US history. Yeah. And all of a sudden it created a moment yeah. that she will never forget. And you know, Simone, I took a picture of it and Simone like retweeted it. Like she, she's not gonna forget. Yeah. And, it, and it bridged and yeah. bonded. And I, I just go, I want more of those moments. Yeah. Moments where I see people and it becomes a prop and a tool to get to the thing beneath the thing. Yeah, man, that's so good. That's so good. It's, um, I mean, relational infrastructure. Yes, right? I mean, yes. that's what it, what it so goes well back said. to. Yes. And, it, and, it, and, and what I, you've probably seen this too, just in my life as a pastor, I can't tell you how many situations I've been in where maybe the guy that we talk sports in the lobby when I see him, like that's 90% of what we talk about and then things hit the fan in his life and he's coming to me yeah. and we have some, yeah. we have something we can build on. We're not coming cold now. We have something right. Yep. Or, or because I, you know, I've done, I've done as many hospital visits as a coach as I have as a pastor, yep. you know, yep. just, Oh, the kid on my team has appendicitis. Yeah, sure. I'll come, yep. you know, I just want to stop by, say yep. hello, see how you're doing. You know, it just, it creates opportunity for ministry Yes, that once again, Go so far beyond the sport, beyond sports. So, yes. Anyway, cool. Uh, this was really fun, dude. Thanks, thanks so Steve. much, man. This was really great, and I didn't even get a chance to make fun of you for being a UCLA fan. Well, well, you know, I heard you mentioned that uh, your dad was your dad went to SC. Yeah. So yeah, well, there'll so, be I mean, uh, be plenty of plenty of time. Did you guys find that, a basketball so. coach yet? Yeah. I'm don't so really, sorry, bro. Bring so. it up, man. It's a sore <laughs> subject. All right. Well, hey, thank you for all of you for listening. Thanks again to Steve Carter for being our guest on uh, this special episode of Engaging Culture. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again with our next episode here in a couple weeks. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.